On this episode of the Autumn Wimbacks, it is officially week one in the NFL, just days away from Raiders versus Broncos. Can't wait for it. But the drama is in Las Vegas. Chandler Jones goes off on the Raiders organization. We rank all the positions on the Raiders. And of course, we do a fantastic, dare I say, magnificent Raiders versus Broncos preview. And we love you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Uh, running on fumes right now. I uh, spent the last two weeks in I was in Singapore last week. I was in Paris this week. I'm home for two days, and I leave for Australia tonight. That's why we're doing a Tuesday show. One, I got to I got to bounce tonight, and two, you got your fantasy football draft tomorrow. I do. Dang- dangerously close to week one. I don't know. Fantasy but look, the day before, Travis Kelsey got hurt today, and if I would have mm-hmm. drafted his ass, I would have not had him. It is a uh, there are there are pluses and minuses. But if there's anything where you have to like delay it, because I've had that happen before, where it's like, oh, we just can't make it. Can we do it one more day? Fuck. Nope, it's the day. You are, Cor- you are Cortez burning the ships when you arrive at the Americas. You are conquering you know, or not. No the thing is, my brother is the commissioner of this league. Okay. And uh, like any other lawyer you might find out there, he may not always be on the up and up. Because I have pick nine this year, and I consistently have ass picks every single year. It's just random draw? Yes. He did like a little random draw thing. But I think he fucks with it. Well, that's your problem. That's You have no creativity. It's got to be like a battle royale. Well, or... We've done it before. We've done, look, we've done other things before. We, we, we each were assigned numbers at the dog track. And in race five, let's see what number who who showed up first, right? Okay. And then that's the we've done different things. Uh, we've had my mom pull out names from a hat. Okay, we've done a lot of different things, but uh, you can tell I which was, son she loves more. That's well, the yeah. Case. You you can tell who she <laughs> look. My mom under her phone under her contacts. My sister is me cookie like my cookie. That's her. That's my sister. Okay, little and dirty. Then, okay, and then my my. Uh, my brother is me, Jesuson. His name is Jesus, Jesse. And I'm Juan. Cheese. Just Juan. <laughs> just Juan. the name. <laughs> okay. Juan, which is Spanish for disappointment. <laughs> which is Spanish for, <laughs> for the one I didn't want. <laughs> well, the one she didn't want is uh, in a great mood because we are just four days Dude, away. My balls are tightening up. One two, three, four days away from the start of the NFL season. And what better place to start than in mile high against oh. the donkeys that we have made our bitches for three straight seasons. Nothing so makes make me happier than to watch Max Crosby run Ruffles face mask into the grass. Just tackle them and just drive them right through. When you get that big chunk of turf the in the corner, you know, right and the guy's like trying to pick it out, but he only gets like little pieces at a time. Then he eventually gives up. And then like an assistant coach comes in with a chisel and like gets it out. It's a pen. I was freaking working it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. When they give up on it, when they're just like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck it. I'm worth a quarter of a billion dollars. I'm not going to pull dirt out of my face mask. Not my way. Hire somebody for that. It is football time. And we are excited. Um, but because it is the start of the Raiders NFL season, wild shit is already happening. God now, damn. we had tackled this an entire video on uh, YouTube Live on Tuesday afternoon. So if you missed that, go ahead and check it out. But we still want to touch on it for the pod and people who didn't catch it. Uh, Chandler Jones has lost his marbles. He went on Instagram and called out and basically said, I'm pissed that I can't get into the facility to work out. I have to go work at a high school. He called out Josh McDaniels. He called out Dave Ziegler. He called out the organization. 
He's like, I don't want to play here if they don't like me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we thought, okay, his social media got hacked. And then, bam, he shoots a video in the same run of him. Of his him. He's in his bathroom, and there's a picture of him in the mirror. He's got his Bible verse inscribed on the mirror. Like, yeah, that's Chandler. And so here we are, four days away from kicking off at week one, and Chandler Jones is completely off his rocker. It's... As of right now, as of our recording, we have no new information. It's just really weird for all this to go down, considering what we've seen from Chandler Jones in the last 24 hours mm -hmm. prior to this meltdown. And, you know, I don't want, I, I, I retract that. I don't want to call it a meltdown, this episode, because we don't know if it's a meltdown. It could be totally, you know, like, warranted right it could be valid that he acts very upset so i don't know well but, look i I'll be, I'll be, let me cut you off real quick whatever he's upset about it can't be what he says he's upset about there's no way the raiders are like no chandler jones we don't like you you can't work out here like that's that's no there's no way that's what happened that's uh, yeah 0 reality, that's right? how chandler jones is positioning it that's why i'm like dude there's got to be there's there's something there that we we're not getting Something's brewing under the surface for him to blow up and and say that this is the cause. Sorry to catch it's you. It's weird, man. It's super weird. I'm trying to I'm trying to like even now like I'm just flipping through Twitter just to see if I can find anything and there's really nothing. There's really nothing out there. Now we shouldn't be surprised by that because the Raiders are pretty tight lipped about their stuff. But ultimately, when you have you know Chandler Jones calling out in a friendly manner other pass rushers in the league that he's going to get them. And he's talking about year 12, let's get it. We're super pumped up. And he's showing off that he's buying his head coach and his GM expensive sunglasses for as a, a, a thank you, uh, you know, for the season. Um, it just seems like a really big 180 turn and a, and a really fiery dark turn for him to just say, you know, I'm not going to play for these guys. I, that's what I'm wondering, like the gift was like, an olive branch for something. You know what I mean? Like you always wonder like, Oh, you got your wife a $20,000 necklace. What did you like? What are you apologizing for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what did you do wrong? Or she's got that fucking rock five carat rock on her finger. And I like, maybe it was something like that. Like, was it just out of the blue? I'm going to, I got a lot of really close friends. I never got them nice pairs of sunglasses just because they're homies with me. You know? I don't know, man. It's uh, again. We so that's, what I'm, that's what I'm wondering if it was a 180 or if it was all tied in. Like, there's like, hey, kind of rocky. Hey, let's you know, let me get you something nice. We both are in this together. We all want the same thing. Let bygones be bygones. It's just really a really sad situation. It's very sad to to have this happen because ultimately. We are four days away from kickoff. Chandler Jones, whether you like him or don't like him or feel he has something left in the tank or doesn't, he's, you know, we've he's a seen starter. Late, he's a starter. He's a starting he's a leader in the defense. Football-wise, football-wise, we need Chandler Jones to be able to do what I feel we can do this year because we need Chandler Jones to play at at, at – near the level he played at the end of the year last year, consistently throughout this season, in order to be able to affect the quarterback the way we need to to help the rest of the defense. We need him on this team playing at a good level. And He's taking too much cap room to just be yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's taking up too much cap space, and he's definitely uh, has the ear of a lot of the players on the team to be acting like this if it's not – justify you know if it's just him flipping out or if there's god forbid if there's some you know mental health issue or episode um yes. it's, remember in 2016 oh, when he man. had that episode yeah, i really hope this Fox is not Pro. it that's it's very it's very um yeah it'd be very disheartening if this was the case and this is and 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 it's not fair but it should be this way 
when you have a history of something like this, and if you guys missed it in 2016, you took that synthetic marijuana stuff that is like awful for you. I don't even know what it's called. Like I'm, I'm one of the biggest drug dumbasses. Like I don't know anything about it, but I do know there's a synthetic marijuana that like guys in the military take because you don't really test positive for it in normal drug testing. He took it, lost his mind, and that's you know, that's like tied to him now. It's like what to do be you fair, If I looked like Chandler Jones, I'd be walking around shirtless everywhere. Fair, and that is fair. Would you do it in uh, in January in Foxborough, Massachusetts? It depends on if I have my nipple <laughs> pierced or not. <laughs> so this, the reason, I, the main reason I remember this from you know nine years ago is, is when Arthur Jones, the oldest brother, popped positive for PEDs, and John Jones, the UFC champion, best best MMA fighter of all time, was going through his legal problems. And it's like, oh, now Chandler Jones has it too. Like all three boys. Which made me wonder, like, if you're old man Jones, if you're Arthur Jones Sr., and one of your sons had a fine career in the NFL, well, I think you won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, Arthur. Mm-hmm. Your middle son is the greatest MMA fighter ever, and your youngest son is a Super Bowl champion, multiple-time pro bowler, but they all have these, like, weird legal issues. Wait, wait, is Chandler, isn't Chandler older than John? Chandler's the youngest. John, John is the middle. Oh. Never mind. He goes, Arthur, John, Chandler. If you're their dad, are you like the proudest dad in the world? Or are you kind of like, I got to get these kids in line? They're too rich to get in line now. They're going to be who they're going to be. Well, that's and that's kind of like if you're a dad, because their dad's like a, is a pastor. He was a pastor in upstate New York. And so you're like that. You're like, ooh, did I fail them I when I was raising them? Pastors. You seen the more, you seen Friday? No, I haven't seen Friday. My yeah, well, has been in the sand since I was. Bernie Mac has been a, was a little rough. As a, I'm not saying anything about Mr. Jones, Pastor Jones. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying we can't tie someone's moral fiber to their occupation. Well, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a, he's a saint or anything. I'm just saying, like, all right, he's a guy that at least that's a part of you know his his fiber of his being is like yeah, family man and raising kids right and you know. Anyway. If you're old man Jones, are you like stoked on them or are you embarrassed? I think you're stoked on them and you just like forget the rest. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, anyway, should have like forget, like just like no, no, they were all framed. That's not true. None of it's true. All that's I true remember, are the rings. It's the only thing that really happened. The rings was, and the money. I was watching uh boxing on ESPN, like boxing after dark they had like it was like Thursday nights, they had like boxing on late. Mm-hmm. And this dude got knocked down like seriously like eight times in one round. Right. And I'm like, what are they doing here? This guy's getting knocked down left and right. And they stopped the fight in the middle of the round. Right. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed the, the, the ref, just some old crackety dude. Right. Like, dude, what's, what happened? It looked like he's like, no, they were slips. They were all slips. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that guy must have fucked his wife or something. He's ready to get something thrown in there. Jesus. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening with, uh, with Chandler Jones. It's a shame, what, whatever, man. whatever it is, it's not good. Ever like yeah, it could end up right. being, you know, the worst part of it's over. It can smooth over, but whatever it is, it's not good. Especially when it's week one. This isn't some like July training camp shit. You get out of your system in the summer because it's a hundred degrees in the desert. Anyway. I'm just really, I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned about Chandler's mental frame right now where is he focused what is he focused on moving into the season and i I can't talk about anything else right now because i don't know nobody none of us do none of us know what's going on right yet as we're recording this so i'm only going to talk about what we know and if indeed it is some kind of this mental lapse it doesn't bode well for his availability to play um and it's something that is a pretty substantial loss for us. Uh, I don't know that we can definitely just discount Chandler Jones's um, contributions to this defense as a starter, uh, or at, at least what we were expecting of him as a starter. It's funny you bring that up because the Raiders have released their depth chart officially, and he's a starter. Um, no giant surprises. As far as who's starting and who isn't, um, Greg Van Roten took over for bars. He's now the starter. The O-line's basically the same. 
Uh, all the same starting wide receivers, Myers, Renfro, Adams. Um, it, maybe Michael Mayer would have started over Austin Hooper, but it, you know, it seems like Hooper will get to start until Mayer's up to speed. Uh, Josh Jacobson, great. They have Brian Boyer over Aiden O'Connell as the second stringer. Jerry Tillery, Bilal Nichols as defensive tackles. Um, no other real surprises with the DBs and defense as far as who's starting. This is our this is our team. This is the squad. This is the army we're going to battle with. Those are your number ones right there. I mean, I think we kind of all saw it. And this is a, a, a base, you know, defense. I don't know that we're going to have three linebackers on the field at one time. Oh, yeah. we're going to have only two corners on the field at one time. So, um, yeah, it just makes a, it, it, it makes sense. We kind of figured the rest of the stuff. Who do you think would be the third corner if we're in uh, the nickel? Oh, Bennett. Yeah. Bennett. Especially with face on hurt. Yeah, Bennett for sure. Bennett would be the, 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 the starting outside uh, corner with hops in the slot. So I figure we would um, rank – the positions on the team, which position groupings are the best and worst rank the nine position groupings on the Raiders. And uh, I came up with a list and you basically agreed with it. You're like, eh, maybe these could have switched there. Eh, maybe that could have switched there. We can get into that more. I don't care. But more, more or less. Yeah. We're kind of on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to start at the top or start at the bottom front or back? I'll start at the top. Start at the top. Right. Start at the top and work our way. We got to earn the back. You know what I'm saying? We got to get to the back early. Get it. Uh, number one, and you might chuckle a little bit, but number one is special teams. The best kicking tandem in the NFL. And having a fantastic special teams and fantastic kicking tandem is. It's kind of like, like when you don't have it, you realize you don't have it. And when you do have it, sometimes you forget how good it is. Yeah, when you don't have it, it's it's uh, it's a lot more stress in the game. <laughs> You're like, okay, here we go. Every time you kick the ball, you know, it's like, you know, you get a little bit of a heebie-jeebies going on. But yeah, but we don't have to worry about that. We have two excellent kickers. We could we could easily have uh, both guys go to the Pro Bowl this season. Oh, for sure, easy, easy. Very, very real possibility that Daniel Carlson and AJ Cole both go to the Pro Bowl this season. And let's see what uh, DeAndre Carter does as a, as a returner. I have high expectations for him as a returner as well. Uh, number two, best room in the NF, uh, in the Raiders uh, facility, wide receiver. We've got maybe the best in the NFL, Devontae Adams. Another true pro bowler, Hunter Renfro. Uh, Jacoby Myers is coming off an 800-yard season. Uh, he has a lot of youth, a lot of speed. Not a lot of size, but... Certainly the system that Josh McDaniels wants to do, we have. And just outstanding wide receivers to begin with. When we're letting guys like Philip Dorsett go, because you know what? You're not just going to make – you just can't make this squad of six wide receivers. You know you got a good room. I think we saw it from the beginning. I think that um, we're a lot more well-equipped to handle injury. Look, in the NFL, injury is not an if, it's a win, right? You you guys are going to get hurt if not for the entire season, for a game here and there. And I think that we have the, the players to be able to sustain a high-quality offense from a wide receiver perspective uh, with the depth that we have. Number three, best position group on the Raiders running back. And this is almost exclusively on one guy. <laughs> we got Josh Jacobs, 900 yards after contact last season. Just the amount of yards he got after someone hit them, that alone is a great season for most running backs. Like that's- yeah, he had more yards after contact last year than he had the previous year, total. And he had way more scrimmage yards. Um, and all, most importantly, all the things that we were like, look, we always like Josh Jacobs is a very good running back. Very glad he's a Raider. Mwah. Bless you, Josh Jacobs. We're like, okay, there's a couple things he doesn't do. He doesn't stay healthy. He doesn't catch the ball at the backfield that well. He doesn't, you know, break away, like give you a kind of a home run threat. Mm-hmm. He did all those things last year. All that shit. All those things he had never done for us. All the like, oh, well, he's great, but he needs to do X, Y, and Z better. 
He did X, Y, Z, A, B, C, making up letters of the alphabet. He did it all last season. God bless him. Because the rest of the running back squad, they fill very specific roles. We're one of the few teams with a full-time fullback. Um, you know, we got like a third down back. You know, we got guys that, you know, they fill roles. But it is Josh Jacobs carrying this run game. And rightfully so. Yeah, it's all – It's this This is just on the starter. Josh Jacobs. Um, it's very encouraging that he's all smiles. It's very encouraging that he's like, yo, no hard feelings. It was all business. Uh, but we're, we're everyone's good. And he's excited to play. And I, I think he'll be okay with a $14 million tag if we tag him next year. So I don't think we have to go through this again next year. Number four. Offensive line, a little too high, you say? Well, I don't know if it's because the rest of the squads aren't great or if the squad's really coming up. But uh, they started off really rough last season. They built a lot of momentum. They were definitely way better in week 17 than they were in week one. And it's almost exactly the same squad. Like we said, a weak link, Alex Barr's gone, Greg Van Rotten in at right guard. And what have we always been talking about with this O-line? con t new and that's what we got. Um, not a lot of great depth, but it's basically all the same guys from a unit that was continually improving last season. Yeah, they were getting better and better every year. And because the unit, actually the players, the individual players in the unit were getting better as the season went along, it really shone the light on the weak link uh, as the season went came to a close. Um, he's no longer with us. Uh, Van Roten came in and he's now starting. I like how you talk about him like he's dead. <laughs> Alex Bars is no, no longer. As far as his, as far as his Raider career, he yeah. I, I don't want to call anybody out, but we sent some flowers to his widow. He's no longer with us. No longer with us. And, and we have a replacement. Um, pass rush wise, I mean, pass protection wise, he's a lot better. Van Roten is much better than mm-hmm. than, than Alex Bars. Um, so I think that we're going to see that, uh, especially up the middle, we're going to have a lot more. I mean, this, this is a group that still gave the quarterback average the most time in the league to throw last year. So I think that with the offense being run the way that Josh McDaniels wants it to run, um, I think we're going to be fine. And, and I think that this group being young, uh, being talented, and being together for a second season, I think it's going to be a big, big uptick for, for these guys. It, it went from liability to someone you can you can deal with. You oh. need someone you can count on. What are you doing? Get out of here. And my three-year-old just broke in. Close the door. Get out of here, you. You came here to dance on the grave of Alex Bars? No. Frankie, daddy's working. Thank you, princess. Close the door, please. She is so stinking cute, dude. The cuteness to disobedience factor is exactly proportional. Doesn't want to close the door. I'm not closing this door. He's like, "Um, I'm using nonviolent resistance. I will shut it, but not close it all the way. Yeah. I will do things my way because I'm a three-nager, and I will three-nager hard. Uh, Number five, fifth-ranked position group on the Raiders defensive line um, and kind of like the running back room. This is basically all because of one guy, <laughs> Max. You got Max fucking Crosby. You're doing pretty good. Um, obviously everything with Chandler Jones completely up in the air. Um, we both love the potential of Tyree Wilson. Again, I think this season we really need to temper our expectations when he got hurt last year in college didn't play hardly any of the of the preseason, hardly practiced at all, and he was drafted as a project to begin with. So the learning curve is going to be steep. Again, he was drafted to be a cornerstone of this defense for 10 years. He wasn't drafted to, to light the world on fire this season, and their defensive tackles are pretty terrible. So the potential on our ends group is pretty high, but as of right now, it's, it's still the Max Crosby show and nothing else pretty much. It's it's up in the air, I think, because you can't discount how 
important it is to have a player like Max Crosby on the line, helping the rest of the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, of course, the rest of the players do have to um, push forward and make plays on their own, but things just become a lot easier uh, when you have a guy like that taking up so much tension on every play, not just on pass plays, but uh, Max Crosby's gotten a lot more disruptive against the run as his careers come uh, come along, and you just have to he has to be accounted for in each and every single play. When you have a player like that on the line playing with you, it makes things a little bit easier on you. So uh, it's like you said, the same thing with the running backs. If for whatever reason he misses a, 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 some some snaps or some time, uh, it's going to be very difficult for this defensive line to play at that same level. Well, look, last year it was the same thing, right? We thought Max Crosby and, and Chandler Jones and it would be this great si- setup. We were near the bottom in pressures. We were near the bottom in sacks, near the bottom in turnovers. And that was even with Max Crosby playing lights out. So I was with you. I was like, yeah, Max Crosby's going to raise all boats. Didn't happen last season. Now, if Tyree Wilson can maybe get a little ahead of schedule, if Chandler Jones kind of pick up where he left off a little towards the end of last season and this season, if our defensive tackles play a little better... I mean, look, the, the the potential for improvement is there, but last year, Max Crosby on his own could not raise this defense by itself. Like, that's how bad the defense was when even Max freaking Crosby can't get them going well. Uh, number six, quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo starter, uh, according to the depth chart, like we mentioned, it is, as of right this second, more or less officially Brian Hoyer is back up, and then the fourth rounder, Aiden O'Connell, Farva, as the third stringer. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know that after the first couple of couple of weeks that Favre is going to be the third string for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean... It, it feels like exactly what we talked about before the preseason, where, you know, knock on wood, Jimmy G goes down for like eight weeks or a whole season. It's like, all right, Aiden O'Connell is going to get those reps. If it's like, all right, he go, you know, Jimmy G goes down for like two quarters and we have the lead. It's like, all right, Brian Hoyer, go in there and try to just like stop the bleeding a little bit. Be the tourniquet as opposed to, I don't know, CPR. <laughs> I guess. I mean, look, I, I, I think that that's going to be more of a Hoyer thing is to just kind of like, like you said, stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, a um, for for Farva coming in there, it's going to be more of like, okay, we we still have a chance to 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 win this game, and we can we can still do more. I think that Farva's shown that he can do more in this offense than Brian Horner, which is more of a let me just kind of like keep everything on an even keel. Number seven out of nine position groups. Number seven, tight ends. Uh, again, you got kind of the uh, over-the-hill-ish Austin Hooper as your starter. I think there'll be a lot of two tight end sets while they get Michael Mayer, uh, second-round pick at a Notre Dame, kind of getting his groove. Um, not a lot of dynamicism. This is kind of just like, all right, we're going to hold serve as Mayer develops. And again, rookie second-rounder. I would love for him to immediately start taking over. That's normally not the case. It takes guys, you know, a season or two to develop. And especially a guy like Michael Mayer, who's like extremely solid, but not the, I would say he was the best overall tight end in the draft, but certainly nowhere near the most dynamic, right? A crazy athlete, jumps super high, runs a four, six. Like he wasn't, and those are the kind of guys that can make a splash right away because they have athleticism to kind of carry where they don't have an experience in technique. While his mayor is like kind of the total package, but because he's not leaning on otherworldly athleticism, he needs to come along and get his, his entire game right before he's really going to be able to start delivering. So, again, the potential with mayor is great. I think, I think this position group is going to start going up and up and up as the seasons develop or as the, you know, as the seasons drag on. But as of right now, Still a second-round rookie with a steep learning curve. Yeah, look, I think Michael Mayer, once Michael Mayer shows that he can block NFL defensive linemen, I think he'll take over that spot. I think his ability to 
um, be a receiver of the football is a lot better than Austin Hooper's. I think Austin Hooper has maybe a little bit more experience and some more technique and blocking, uh, which is a, a which is big in the McDaniel's in the McDaniel's offense to have your tight end be another another um, like a, an extension of the offensive line. So I think once he shows that he can be comfortable and prof- and I'm going to say proficient, but serviceable at doing that, I think he'll get a lot more playing time. Number eight. Ranked position group on the Raiders. I went secondary. An eight and nine, you can argue flip-flop here and there. I went secondary. Um, terrible last season. Improved in the sense that we added a couple Marcuses. Marcus Peters at corner, Marcus Epps at safety. Uh, certainly an improvement, no doubt about it. But these were also two guys coming off of roughly their worst seasons of their careers. They could be completely shot, or it could just be you know, uh, I think it was Peters that was coming off of major surgery the year before, and he's kind of coming back. Maybe there's still something more there. We'll see. Um, but only because the DBs, the secondary was so bad last season was the additions of these two guys are we getting excited because they were just so bad. Other than Nate Hobbs, there's not a lot to be excited about, and he's coming off of injury and a kind of a, a whatever season because he barely played. Yeah, I think I think the fact that kind of similar to the offensive line, the pieces that we kept, um, it's almost like a mix of the offensive line and wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Like the guys that we kept are in the system another year, plus one of the key players is coming back from injury. That's why he didn't perform well last year. It wasn't because he wasn't a good player or he didn't get the system. It wasn't that. It was he was injured, which is Nate Hobbs. You get players in there who have made plays in the league. Now, when you look at Marcus Epps, Marcus Epps, I've when I've watched him play, he reminds me of – a Jonathan Abram, but that can cover or cover better than Jonathan Abram can. And uh, any little improvement is is welcome. And um, just the fact that we see how close Abram and uh, Merrick have become and uh, Epson and, and, and Merrick, excuse me. And uh, I, I, I never want to discount even though he's a little bit older, the addition of a playmaker on the outside. Yeah. Because, you know, we had a lot of opportunities last year that we didn't, we didn't capitalize on. And uh, it's just one of those things that we lost so many close games last year to be able mm-hmm. to have a guy that makes plays. And that, that kind of, it becomes infectious to the rest of the secondary. If we can make a couple more of those plays that we didn't make last year, I think we can see a, a nice little turnaround. It is constructed kind of nice. A ton of youth, and then two seasoned veterans start kind of hey, bring these guys along. It's 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 constructed with the future in mind, um, but the cupboards are pretty damn bare right now, unfortunately. Uh, and, that, and, and that's what you and that's what you see normally when you when you look at young young players. It look does doesn't look so good until the young players show you what they can do, yeah. uh, and that's what we're hoping on. Number nine, the number or the last ranked position group on the Raiders, linebacker. Uh, I don't know if any of these guys would start on any other team in the NFL. Devine Delabo, Luke Masterson. We're hoping Diablo can develop. Spillane was a special teamer that we brought in, and now he's a starter. Masterson, just a guy, but now he's starting. Definitely the weakest part of our defense. Yeah, and look, teams in the NFL have shown that, like, let, let's let's take a look at, at um, the uh, the last Super Bowl champ, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. How many great players do they have on their defense? One. Well, well, one great player on their defense. They have some really good ones and then just have a bunch of guys and they build around the strength of their defense. That's kind of what we're doing. We have our great player, which is Max Crosby. Um, the really good players are, are, are yet to be seen. We know that Pierce has been a really, really good player in the past. We know that Hobbs has shown that he can be a really good player in the past. We're looking at other guys, you know, uh, who knows what's going on with Chandler Jones. 
he has shown to be a really good player in the past. And we're building around the main guys. So the blueprints there, even if you take a look at like the Rams, like they had their great player and then they had a almost as good, very good slash almost great in Ramsey. And they had a bunch of guys who had career years that have gone to other places and not necessarily fared as well. But you have those central one or two guys and then you, you kind of just build around those guys. And I, I see that's what we're doing here. So I don't know that the linebackers need to be extra special. They, I mean, we're not all going to be the Tampa Bay defense where they have fucking stars on every fucking level of the defense when they won the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they can do their job, I think they're going to, I think we're going to be fine at linebacker. But I agree. The resume and all that stuff is, it's, it's not great. The interior of the defense is pretty rough. Like defensive tackle into linebacker. If you want, like, I think a lot of teams are gonna be like, mm, let's try running up the middle against these guys and see what happens. I think that's gonna be a lot of offensive game plans in the run game, which is up the throats of the middle and see where they can go. Uh, so those are the nine position groups ranked according to the Autumn Windbags preseason rankings: number nine linebacker, number eight secondary, seven tight end, six quarterback, five defensive line. Four O line, three running back, two wide receiver, and number one. God bless you, AJ Cole and Daniel Carlson. Special teams. We'll see how that pans out as the season progresses. In uh, some Raider news, interesting little because um, you know it's really fun and sexy to talk about is cap stuff, Ooh. but it matters. According to Field Yates, the Raiders have restructured the contract of Jimmy Garoppolo, creating seventeen million dollars in twenty twenty three. Cap space. That's a lot. Darn. So there's two things about this. Um, For those of you who think that the freaking Raiders are broke. Oh, they're not broke. <laughs> Still stupid. They're We're just going to cut you a check for 17 million bucks as a bonus instead of uh, like, come on, man. Um, a couple things. One, the Raiders were roughly seven-ish million dollars over the cap, so it's not like they created seventeen million dollars in, in usable cap space. It's like, all right, they needed to be under the, they were over the cap, they need to be under, right? So they used seventeen million to create, you know, to take that seven million dollar deficit, and now they have ten million dollar surplus, which is right in that weird middle ground because. You don't want to get like exactly at the cap. You want a little wiggle room. You want to be able to move guys around midseason, preseason. Like you want to be able to make moves. And you want to have some wiggle room, right? But $10 million is like right at the border of are you creating cap space for something? Or are you creating cap space for wiggle room? Because $10 million is a lot of wiggle room. A lot of wiggle room. So look, I'll remix what you said. $10 million is very close to getting a big something or a lot of little somethings. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Bumble. And he recovers. Covered his own fumble. Well done. So, yeah, that's that's what's interesting. And, you know, if you want to connect dots, it could possibly be one of the reasons why Chandler Jones may be upset because he may be on the chopping block or on the trading block or whatever. Who knows? But it can't be ignored. $10 million can't be ignored because normally teams don't walk around $10 million under the cap. That's not, that's not, that's not typical. That's a pro bowler at every position with the exception of like quarterback and end. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Yeah. You you, you can get a damn good player for five right now, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, but it's it's definitely not see nothing is nothing it's definitely something and if it if it would have been like five six whatever okay why but it's 10 and that's something more than something the other part of this is what does this mean for jimmy garoppolo's contract moving forward so if we wanted to move on from him after this season can we like is this extending like are they just adding more void years we're going to have to eat dead cap on? Is this just, are they just pushing everything to next season? We won't know yet until this, till the contract details come out, but I'm very curious what this means for Jimmy G. Like, are they, 
are we now committed to him longer than we wanted to, or more so next season? Because there's $33 million guaranteed, not total, guaranteed $33 million to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not saying I want to move on from him right away, but I think it's fair to say all of Raider Nation is kind of looking the skeptically and saying like, all right, we want to be able to get out of this if, if things go south. What does this mean for Jimmy G? That's my next question. It's, um, hey, it, it could be just foresight in, in jamming. Mm-hmm. Like you said, well, if we can, uh, if we have enough to, to create five, can we create 10, you know, type of thing. Um, who knows? But again, it's definitely not nothing. It's, it's, it's something. It's for a reason, I think. Something we will follow. Are you ready to do our first breakdown of an NFL regular season game? Are you ready to do our week one preview? Raiders at Broncos. Broncos, four-point favorites, mile high. The Raiders have made the Broncos their bitch for the last three straight seasons. Three straight seasons having beaten the Broncos. Are you ready to do this? Are you ready to get into the X's and O's of an actual matchup? I don't know if I'm ready. This is like... This is difficult. It's difficult because we know what Sean Payton wants to do offensively. We just haven't seen him do that with the personnel he has with Denver. And they have, you know, some injuries uh, to their weapons. We have the, the running back coming back from injury. We have, you know, Jerry Judy being a little bit injured. You have a Russell, a Ruffle who's a little bit slimmed down. Is he gonna is he is he gonna run more? Does he wanna run more? How long is he gonna run? How many hits does he take until he stops running more? Uh is there's a you know a new defensive coordinator like lost some pieces it's not all hunky dory out there in Mile Highland. I still think that the Vic Fangio effect on their defense two seasons ago and last season cannot be overstated. I mean, he is the best defensive coordinator in football and can turn a defense around on a dime. Like, that's how good Fangio is. He's in fucking Miami now. Fuck. He's insanely good. He's very good as a defense. And I think a big reason why the Broncos' defense was so good last season was kind of the hangover from Fangio. They still had kind of his genius just kind of running with that program. Like you said, they missed some pieces, and now they're one more season removed from Vic Fangio. I think the defense is going to hit a big dose of reality and be nowhere near as good as it was the last two seasons. On the flip side, Sean Payton is to offense what Fangio is to defense. Yeah. How bad was Russell Wilson last season? Was he seriously just like broken and there's no re- there's no recovering? Or was Nathaniel Hackett just that big of a hack and didn't know how to handle the strengths of a Russell Wilson? We will get the answer to that question unquestionably on Sunday. Because Sean Payton is a genius when it comes to maximizing what your quarterbacks can and can't do and playing to their strengths. So if he can't get something out of Russell Wilson, ain't nobody can. Yeah. I think honestly, the, um, the biggest turn with Russell Wilson's career is going to be the fact that he knows that there's, there's a sheriff in town. Mm Mm-hmm. Last year, he was trying to be the sheriff. He was trying to be the guy who just pretty much ran everything. And he ran over, he ran all over fucking Hackett. Uh, he's not going to be able to do that with Sean Payton. He's going to have to do things. There's, there is a level of expectation set upon him that is set in stone. Like you have to do at least this. And um, we'll see how he, we'll see how he goes because it, it from what we're hearing from his last few years in Seattle and from his last year in Denver, he doesn't necessarily work out work that well with those type of expectations. Uh, a matchup I can't wait to watch is Patrick Sertain versus Devontae Adams. Um, mostly because Adams has been winning that matchup recently. And that's great when you can take their best defender and beat him one-on-one. With Devontae. Yeah, that's it's and sweet. and the thing is, I think that's what the the Broncos tried to do on some plays last season was oh, you know, we have our 
we have our Devonte stopper, you know, and it didn't work out so well. And that's and that's what they can do most games, right? The Broncos, they can just be like, all right, we'll put Sertan their on their best guy. That way. That's how and their defense can, is built. And then we can scheme around everybody else, right? It's like, hey, you take care of this guy, and then now we only have to scheme around, you know, one less playmakers. But you can't do that with Devonte Adams no, when he owns your ass. No, <laughs> he sunned your ass. He ain't ready yet. Patrick Sertan's gonna be following Devonte Adams, like holding the inside of his pocket. Like in prison. Oh shit! Oh. You're a prison bitch. You called You're him a chavala. Damn, bitch. The biggest X factor for me, Raiders secondary. The weapons of the Broncos, plus the does Russell Wilson still have it factor, mm -hmm. leads me to believe that the Raiders secondary doesn't have to be insane, but can it be competent? I think just to, with our pat with Max Crosby, our pass rush with Russell Wilson's issues, but the pretty pretty good weapons that the Broncos have, but Jerry Judy questionable, some other things. I don't think the DBs have to be if the DBs DBs can be competent. Mm -hmm. I think that can carry the defense. I just don't know if our DBs are competent yet. We have nothing that hasn't been proven to us last season, and we haven't made the moves to say that's. That is or is not the case. This will be a nice test. Yeah, my X factor is the defensive line. I think that they do need – look, if Russell Wilson has anything left in the tank, we're going to need the defense to step up because we need to keep him in the pocket. We need to keep him uncomfortable. We need to hurry his throws. We need to make things difficult for him. If he doesn't have anything left, we need to show the freaking league that this guy ain't it and um, just stop him before they start. Either way, we need to make sure that the everything in the defense starts with the defensive line for us. So they're the biggest X factor for me this week. Also offensively, um, courtesy of Tristan Kuhn, Josh Jacobs stats versus the Broncos. He has owned the donkeys. He has ridden the donkeys like Seabiscuit. He averages 22 rushes, 103 yards, and 1.3 touchdowns per game against the Broncos. Yeah, he kills it. Now, Josh Jacobs hasn't been around, right? We all know the contract situation, holding out, not training with the team, not practicing with the team, didn't play any preseason games. Um, that means something. Now, I get it. It's not like he's a rookie. The all-line's basically the same. The scheme's basically the same. So, you know, it's, he's not going to a new team you know, fresh off the boat, but that matters. Practices matter. There's a reason why they do it. And the, and he'll say, of course, how great, in great shape he is, but we have no idea, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't seen him. So can Josh Jacobs be the same Josh Jacobs he's been against the Broncos? And if he's not, is it because he held out? A little something to worry about. Something to watch. Something. Yeah, something, something to keep in mind. Anything else on that, on that matchup? What do you expect out of Jimmy G? I just it's I expect him to be first game as a Raider. Is I, dink and I, dunk? Um no, keep, I don't keep think the jersey he, clean. He, he's not a dinking dunk guy. He's he he has more you know yards. He get the ball time. out quick guy. He gets the ball out quick. He gets the ball out quick in the offense where the the player can make the play. When the playmakers can make plays. I see him being efficient. I see him um you know Having a very just efficient is the good word for him. Just having a very efficient game. Is he going to throw for three fifty and five touchdowns or four touchdowns? Probably not. He's going to be in that two thirty to two sixty range. He should have a, at least a couple of touchdowns. Um, him leading us, I would su suspect that we would do pretty good in the red zone. Uh, but he's not. He's not going to be the guy to go out there and just you know throw for one hundred twenty five yards and you know. 40% completion percentage. If you remember, um, when the Raiders played the Broncos the first time last season was week six, and that's when Josh Jacobs went off. And that's right kind of when Josh McDaniels realized, hey, we got to lean this offense on mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs, right? It was the Seahawks in week five and the Broncos in week six. That's when McDaniels is like, oh, wait, this isn't the offense I thought I made. It's Jacobs is going to have to be our star. I wonder if they can do that this early with Josh Jacobs coming in so late, right? Or like, Hey, can we give the guy the ball 30 times? Maybe, maybe not. How much does that change the game plan? Cause we know it worked before. 
Mm-hmm. It took Josh McDaniels kind of, you know, four, five weeks ish to be like, all right, this is the offense I, we need to put together to succeed. Can he do that this quickly with the Josh Jacobs has been sitting out for a while? Well, he would know. I mean, he's, he's been practicing for a week now, so he would know if he's got, if he's got the, if he's got the legs under him to do it. Um, he hadn't taken any pounding in training camp, so he's relatively fresh, but does he have his game legs under him? We shall see. We shall see. Ready to do some what a win bags? Uh, before we do, I actually sent something to Twitter. To the Twitter? What's that? A thing called X. Um, it's have you heard anybody yeah. say like as, as at one time as someone said like oh Twitter and you're like whoa 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 it's called X now bro listen bro no be up at the times nobody um, Chandler Jones actually posted the letter that he was showed burning if you want to show that you can maybe take a look look at that um let me find it that's for me no I, I sent it to you it's it's in your inbox I DM'd you put it in my box. Yeah, you like that? Here's the letter that got deleted. Oh, geez. Yeah. I read it. And it's the same handwriting I do. Terrible. Zoom in on that motherfucker. All right. You want me to read it? Well, it doesn't zoom. I used to think my idols were crazy. One, my blood, my twin, John Bones Jones. We shared the same bunk bed. The older we got, the media projected him to be insane, an animal. I thought to myself, this is not the guy I grew up with. We don't need details. We all see him get crucified in media. Two, Yeezy, Jesus Walks, got me through life as a kid growing up in Rochester, New York. It's not the most safe hood in New York. That song made me feel invincible. I wanted to something to it forever. Listen. Listen to it forever. Speaking that it was Kanye and he spoke about Jesus and God. My twin, bro? My Twitter, bro. My Twitter, bro, hasn't changed since I've made it. I thought it was amazing speaking that my dad is a preacher. Well, we all know how he's being crucified, being media. Three, Antonio Brown. Four, Alden Smith. These men were being provoked, and I believe were afforded to talk about it. Afraid Afraid to to talk about it but we're put on blast when they react. Well, it's now my turn. I've been provoked for 12 years. I'm not scared to talk about it anymore. Signed, Strong Black Man. I am Chandler Jones. Not number 55. Not number 55. Bro, if he's... Oh, he's the victim here. If he's looking up to... John Jones and fucking Yeezy, bro, and Antonio Brown and, and Alton Smith. Look, man, <laughs> that's a Mensa meeting that really got put together. Fun. <laughs> I'm very concerned now. I'm I'm very concerned for Chandler Jones if he's like these guys were all basically set up. Yeah, and the they media, were the victims here, dude. Yeezy was just filmed on a fucking public gondola boat ride getting topped off by his fucking chick with his ass cheeks out like that's not normal behavior in the daytime in the middle of the fucking day and look his brother amazing fighter right but he's kind of a piece of shit Mm -hmm. like he performed he did a hit and run on a pregnant lady like they broke her arm i think and, and and dipped and he came back to get his drugs and dipped again like, that's not shit that the media pushes on him. Like, he hid under the freaking cage at Jackson Wink because USADA went to go freaking find him for like four hours. So no fighter has been stripped of their title more than once, except John Jones. He's been stripped three times for it's, it's failed like- drug tests, criminal behavior, He's like so, broken records. So he he became champion um, 12 years ago, right? 2011, he became champion. You want to hear the craziest stat in MMA history? John Jones became champion 12 years ago. In those 12 years, he put up the resume of the greatest MMA fighter of all time. Greatest, unquestionably, better, better than 
Conor McGregor, better than George St. Pierre, better than Anderson Silva, better than Demetrius Johnson, better than Fedor, better than anybody. Greatest fighter of all time. In those 12 years, he spent six of them, six of them on the shelf. Three of those years in contract discussion, uh, contract negotiations, and three of them serving suspensions. He spent half of his championship reign on the shelf because of his fuckery. And that's someone that you're like, oh, he's now I feel like he feels. Wait a second. What did you do then? If you're if you're looking up to freaking John Jones and freaking Kanye West and calling them martyrs, like they're being persecuted, like provoked, like what the fuck? Like, I'm just like them. I'm in the same position they are. Like, oh, wow. Really? And he must have done something. Look, I'm, I, I, it sounds now, having read that. Like there may be some kind of mental issue happening. And I'm not trying to project anything on him. I just don't get how he can say that John Jones and Kanye West have been unfairly portrayed in the media. I think they've done a lot on their own to bring that negative attention. I would say John Jones has gotten the best from the media. I feel like the media has protected John more than attacked him. Personally. Yeah. The, the negative stuff. Look, I think Kanye has been shit on more by the media than John Jones. I think the, the, yeah. the crap that people talk about John Jones are just factual things that he's like being charged with. It's yeah. not like they're talking shit on the guy. It's like, this is what he's being charged with. And that yeah. can be looked at shit talk because it's negative. It's a shame to follow. That's a rough, that's a rough letter, man. Yeah. All right. For reals, he's what up win bags and Fuego 75. Carlos, I will ask you win bags. Is this Patrick Graham's make or break season draft two defensive tackles and trade one and practice squad. Bad drafting question mark Raider nation for life. We talk a lot about is it Josh McDaniels make or break season. Dave Ziegler's make or break season. I feel like we kind of feel like Patrick Graham is kind of lumped into that. Like he's kind of attached to it, but that's not true. I mean, he's as independent as anything. I guess if the offense does fantastic this season, the defense does terrible. I think Josh McDaniels can be like, yeah, we're going to make Patrick Graham the scapegoat here for a losing season. Move on from him. Yeah. I, I think he's, I think unless the defense completely falls on its face, I think he's fine. What's falling on its face? Same as last season? Yeah, if it doesn't get any better. Because the Raiders last year were, I think, 26th in points allowed per game um, and 30th in defensive DVOA because we went against some of the worst quarterbacks in, the, in football. And so I, I think our you know, points given up is a little stratified. So that DVOA kind of makes, kind of brings that to light a little bit better. When you have Max Crosby, who's playing lights out and healthy all season, and you're still the third worst defense in the NFL. I get it. The cupboards were pretty bare. Not a lot of good players. Patrick Graham's working with a skeleton crew. Very and I think we can agree game. that the, the the personnel has gotten, if not significantly, at least marginally better. It has gotten marginally better. Um, but if you still have the third worst defense in football with Max Crosby, that's a really bad sign. Um, so it's not like he's got like, hey, look what I did last year. It's like, no, you've. You have to make up for last year. You're not, you know what I mean? Like you've dug yourself into a hole last year. It was a bad yeah. performance last year, right? It needs to be improved. Uh, Steven Richardson, four, five, five, five. Jimmy sounded butthurt. Could have just said, I am now a Raider, point blank, period. This is um, him getting some heat from uh, mostly just Stephen A, mostly just Stephen A. Pouting hot, you know, spouting hot air. But some of Raider Nation saying Jimmy G, when you're asked about Trey Lance, you should have said nothing. I'm a Raider. You think he sounded butthurt? I don't think so. It would have been different if they if they asked like, hey, you know, uh, the Niners just traded away a top draft pick. Uh, what do you think is going on over there with the 49ers? And he would have said like, oh, there's some weird stuff going on over there. Like that's one thing. But he was like, hey man, what do you think, Trey Lance? What's going on with Trey Lance? Uh, the Trey Lance situation. Yeah, it's 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 a it's could be semantics, but it's how you, what you're focusing on as far as the subject, mm -hmm. as far as either Trey Lance, the player, or the organization of the Niners. 
I think he came off kind of like whatever. Like, well, yeah, one, man, it sucks. It's it's I hope he does well. Yeah, that's the same shit going on over there. Well, two things. One, I think this is very Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he's a great looking single dude, multimillionaire, NFL quarterback, smashing porn stars, living a great clap, life. Clap, he's gonna be a happy go lucky dude that answers your questions. That's who he is. He is living the life. And you know, we, we we think like when when players are on IR as often as he is and hurt as often as, as they are, you're like, oh man, he must be distraught, just in complete depression. Being a, a NFL quarterback on the IR is a great life. Like you're still the multimillionaire, you're still famous, you're still as great looking, you're still smashing porn stars, and can you I don't have to some? go to work. <laughs> but can I get some? And you don't have to go to work. Like life is really good if you're Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a really, really good life, right? We always look at it in terms of football. He's the dude that, like, I don't know, he sprains his ankle in a union job, and he gets, like, the next six weeks full pay and benefits and doesn't have to go to work. Like, he's, he's in a good spot. He's the happy dude. I think he's so, all right. So he's going he's gonna to answer questions like that as a happy guy. Two, I think he painted that whole Trey Lance, San Francisco 49er things. I think he's looking at it through rose-colored glasses. Like, it isn't weird. It was a debacle. It was a sham. It was the Titanic hitting an iceberg, trading three first-round picks to move up to a guy who lost his job to Sam Bradford and Mr. Irrelevant. That's not weird. That's a... um, uh, Darnold. Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's not weird. That's a travesty. That's an apocalypse. That's worst case scenario. That is all sorts of hyperbole. And if jo- and if Jimmy G would have said those things, he would have been correct. He would have been absolutely correct. Been to be like, yeah, the Niners really fucked up. Like they blew it. Like it was a it was a bad situation. Like they that what talk about a waste of resources. Like that would that would torpedo most franchises. And he would be correct. Instead, he said, "Yeah, it was kind of weird." Like what a nice way to put a terrible <laughs> situation. Like he could. Could he have honestly said anything about that situation with 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 more kid gloves that wasn't an outright lie? Yeah, I can't man. think of a nicer way to put it that isn't a lie. Look, whiffing on a first-round pick is not weird. Replacing that first-round pick that you spent three first-rounders for with Mr. Irrelevant, that's weird. So for him to say there's some weird stuff going on over there, I think he's right. And not just wasting a first-round pick. It's using three first-round picks three. to move up to get third overall, and it's a complete sham. Like that is a, we talk we we talk about we talk about uh, drafting Henry Ruggs as a, as a giant calamity mistake. We talk about drafting Damon Arnett. Like oh man, they really screwed up. Like that was what if we what if we talked about. Drafting Alex Leatherwood is like, yeah, that was kind of weird. You know, like, oh, you know, it's, we drafted him, you know, and it was kind of weird. You'd be like, dude, why are you protecting that situation? Why are you, why are you talking about it so, so calmly? And then you take that times three, the Trey Lance situation. And all you can say is like weird. That's the nicest way to put it. That's the nicest way Jimmy G could have put it. Come on. Yeah. Ken Cress, 3665. Sorry for chiming in twice problem buddy wish i could double like you uh raiders fucked up by not taking the fifth year option and playing uh, josh jacobs like a rookie in last year's preseason josh jacobs is right to say fuck the raiders so we've talked about this a couple times um technically yes it was a screw up not using the fifth year option because it would have been eight and a half million instead of the 10 and now the 12 so technically yes they would have, if they had the foresight to know that Josh Jacobs was going to have a career year this season. Yes, I, I guess technically it was an error, but I've, every single person I know with half a brain would have done the same thing in that situation. You couldn't imagine that Josh Jacobs was going to have this kind of season and have to pay and be stuck with one year eight point five million for a running back. Like you couldn't have foreseen that. And the other side of this coin, that I don't think people are talking about is at the time, which is why the twelve million dollars is is weird. And that's why I feel like Josh Jacobs kind of got one over in the Raiders a little bit. 
at the time, you're like, all right, if we don't use the fifth-year option for 8.5, we can always franchise tag him for 10. So you're only risking $1.5 million if you're wrong, which in the grand scheme of things with the salary cap, what it is, $1.5 million is in like the couch cushions of a GM when they're dealing with a salary cap. Mm-hmm. So what, what, we're, what we're not remembering here is that Josh Jacobs' production was declining steadily from his rookie season into his second, into his third season. So because of that, yeah, it wasn't a a stretch to not pick up the fifth year. Mm-hmm. I think what we're doing is playing a little bit revisionist history here. Mr. Ken Cress is being a little bit, you know, I told you so after the fact type of guy. Of course, having had we known, like you said, yeah, that it would have been a mistake not to do so. But not, not picking up that he didn't, he didn't even hit a thousand yards, or not he didn't even hit nine hundred yards the year before. He like doubled his output. In hindsight, technically, yes, it was an error. But I don't know a single member of Raider Nation that was like, "Oh yeah, pick up that." Fit. Well, no, that's not true. There's a lot of no. There's a lot of giant Josh, Josh Jacobs fans, fans yeah. but. I would have I would have ripped him for picking up the fifth year option. I said, "Up oh, mistake, shouldn't have done." It. I don't know I that there are many football people around the league who were saying that it was a mistake beforehand. And 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 what did it cost the Raiders? It, sh- well, it should have cost one point five. It ended up costing three point five, which is a little bit more because Josh Jacobs was able to get more out of a contract that was rock tight. But at the time, you're like, "All right, if we're wrong, it's only going to cost us one point five million dollars more." That's that's a gamble worth taking. So no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get on Ziegler and them for not picking up his fit. Ziegler and Liam. All right, that's it for us. Uh, Soto will be solo for the post show. I will be on an airplane. I made peace with the fact that my work schedule, week one, I'm always gonna miss in the Super Bowl. I'm either gonna have to watch it in an airport or not watch it at all for as long as I have this job. Death row. So you're on your own. I'll be with you in spirit. I'll be with Please you. Please don't. Spirit. Just don't be with me. I will. I'll be with you in spirit. I'll be haunting you. No, haunting your dreams. Do I, I, in Australia. I, I don't want to think about that. I want to be able to take a poop in peace. At 30,000 feet, I'll be haunting you. And until then, knock on wood if you're with me. Oh